When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Justifiably in a position I'd rather not be in, but the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Welcome on in to the PHNX D-backs podcast. My name is the Macho Man, Derek Montilla. This guy over here is beer. And we are here, of course, to bring you the finest D-backs Halloween coverage in the world, brother. Oh, yeah. Dig it. I can't keep this voice up very long, Jesse. <laughs> but, of course, uh, we welcome you. He's standing right behind me, isn't he? He's back there. I knew it. Yeah, hi. Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yes, this is Leah's beer app, but for today, Jesse is beer. Uh, Jesse and Leah is here, of course. Leah is also beer. Leah's going to be beer later, but thank you so much uh, for coming in, of course. There, there she is. I am beer. She is beer. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Happy Halloween to you all. Of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app, uh, and we are here. I know you want me to ask, so I'll ask, What? who are you? What do you mean, who am I? I'm the Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Let's go. Space is the place, brother. Dig it. Oh, yeah. I'm the macho man, Randy Savage, Jesse. And uh, you once again uh, disappoint me in ways that I can't even verbalize (laughs) on this show. So uh i've been trying to ask him who he is yeah, for I don't, like an I hour now to ask him. I was just he, sitting here. he refuses to answer the question yeah, he just, just keeps l- doing the voice and i'm like derek that doesn't actually i was help listening to pop and circumstance and he was like did, are you did you graduate are you he didn't get it he doesn't pop and circumstance is also stuck yeah. in my head yeah. now, for, now that's for the rest weird. of the day that's the point yeah but, uh, dig it we are here to talk about the world series a world series that is now tied Jesse Friedman. Uh, of course, my prediction is now dead in the water, but I still don't know about the Phillies and how likely they are to keep coming back from these big deficits. Uh, one thing we did talk about in the chat texting each other was that uh, no lead really does feel safe when it comes to the Phillies. And yeah. you have to credit them for their ability to have these multiple big comebacks in the playoffs like they've had. It really doesn't feel like to us as people watching it that they're ever out of it. And I'm sure to them, it doesn't feel like they're ever actually out of it. Yeah, I mean, the Phillies have been doing this the whole postseason, right? They're the team that just, like, won't go away. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They've had a a number of these storylines going way back to when they were facing the St. Louis Cardinals in the wild card round. They had uh, an incredible comeback in the ninth inning of of one of those games. So, uh, yeah, the Phillies have been doing this the entire postseason pretty much. And um, I know that a lot of people... I think in that in that first game of the World Series, once the Astros went up 5-0, it was like, okay, yeah. this is sort of a reality check for like where these two teams are actually at. And then sure enough, we talked about Justin Verlander and how he's really struggled in the World Series in his career. He was cruising he for really three or four was. innings yeah. of that game. Really and was. then sure enough, the wheels just came off for him and Justin Verlander wound up giving up five runs in that game. And uh, the Phillies ultimately win it in extra innings. Yep. Uh, courtesy of JT Real Muto and a, a very, very clutch home run from him in the 10th. It's been impressive to watch this team. And again, I've kind of joked about, you know, their payroll and such. But really, at the end of the day, uh, 
these guys are extremely good. And if anything, they've been underachievers up to this point, hampered by injuries at times and just where this team couldn't all be on the field together at the same time. But, uh, you know, they've they've shown that they are, in fact, the all-star team that we thought they were when Philly started putting these pieces together. Yeah. Like acquiring Real Muto, requiring Bryce Harper, all these guys that they brought in. Uh, it looked like they were going to be a team similar to what we see in the NL West, just out in the East. And it hasn't worked out for them prior to this but now they look they look like they're pretty solid and this looks like it's going to be an exciting world series let's be honest i mean uh houston once again dominated in game two but there was no big comeback even though again it even felt like late like things were kind of falling into line yeah for a possible well because the astros comeback. stopped scoring runs again they scored their runs yeah. early yeah. and so anytime you do that you're kind of keeping the door open for a team like the phillies to come back but they only had two runs in them on saturday yeah. so not not enough there uh, not without controversy, though. Uh, Framber Valdez, terrible name. Uh, controversy in the Houston Astros. Imagine yeah, that. Imagine that. Imagine <laughs> once you become a cheater that you like are branded that for the rest of your time. But uh, Framber Valdez grip has come into question by a lot of people. Uh, there was a video, a couple of videos that circulated a bit just showing him kind of like wiping stuff in his hand and in his yeah. glove, wiping of his forehead and then touching of stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. Like, I'm not defending the man because I have no idea if he was using anything, uh, you know, a sticky substance or not. Right. But like, it's just when the umpire checks you after every single right. half inning that you come off the mound. It, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how you pull something. I like don't that know off. how you pull this. This, this <laughs> I know sophisticated there, there was a video circulating of, of the umpire checking his right hand, not his left. Oh. Or, I don't, yeah, I think I think that's what it was because Valdez is, is left-handed, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So maybe the umpire was like checking the wrong hand or something. But there's, I mean, that's just a conspiracy theory at this point. <laughs> unless you want to believe that the umpires are like full-on, you know, here to defend the Astros throughout the series. I don't think anything like that is happening. So. It's just, it used to be so much more blatant and it still was let go, right? Like you would see stuff on guys' hands. You would see them smearing maybe something across their face that, constituted that there was something yeah. also in their hand or whatever right like this is just i don't know i mean I, I i get it again it's houston so you're always just gonna throw random accusations at them but again attack this man's first name uh not his grip it makes me think of caleb <laughs> smith really is what it makes me think of because uh someone in our asked us uh, about our scariest d-backs moments and i only i almost put this in there uh, when Caleb Smith was accused of having sticky substance on his glove and was subsequently uh, suspended. Uh, I thought he was going to kill that umpire. I really did. I thought he was at least going to fight that man. And uh, the the one thing about it that like uh, made me feel for Caleb was that that's how I feel like I would react if I was accused of cheating when I wasn't doing it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you see these guys that they get popped for a sticky substance and they take it way too calmly. They just go off to the dugout or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's a man that got caught. Right. Me? No way. I'm not going out without a fight. I'm going to let you know that you were wrong <laughs> about it. Then now later it's forever. I'm going to always let you know that I was not cheating. So I don't know. But uh, Houston evens the series up and now things go back to Philadelphia, which is going to be a raucous crowd tonight on Halloween. Yeah. Uh, oh, good man. luck. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> you ain't getting the city of brotherly love tonight. Let me tell you that right now. Um, 
because Houston's crowd was suspiciously, ah, oh, Newman's here. Newman is uh, here. Everybody here, Newman here. Newman's, dog Newman's is here. here, and he's dressed up like a shark. It's because well, it's Shark Week. It's Shark Week. We know that. We you, <laughs> we tell you guys that all the time here. But of course, uh, the Astros crowd has been uh, talked about being very, very uh, subdued, very quiet crowd during the World Series. Apparently, uh, not exactly the amount of energy that they were expecting out of a home crowd uh, in the World Series. And I, I guess that's going to be quite the change between the first two games and tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever happens tonight, it's it's going to be ugly. <laughs> I mean, especially just given that it's Halloween. Yeah. And so people yeah. are just going to be hyped up kind of all the more wearing oh, yeah. their costumes and whatnot. It's going to be a bloodbath. Could you imagine in me in the tonight. stands dressed like this? I'd be a madman. You I would, would literally be a lunatic. Be a madman. It's, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and yet I don't think you're going, you would be nearly as mad as some Phillies fans will be tonight. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I've yeah. seen several articles circulating, like kind of trying to sort of defend the, the Astros in, in some ways, like at least making the case that they don't deserve what's coming to them tonight mm. and over the next few days in, in <laughs> Philly, like, like kind of a, a take it easy sort yeah. of a mindset, yeah. which I understand, like the guys who perpetuated the cheating that happened in Houston a few years ago, by and large are no longer in the organization. The sure. mastermind was Carlos Beltran, sure. right? Sure. Um, like it's so, like it's like Bregman and Altuve left basically. Yeah, and Al, and Altuve I've read didn't even like he he rejected using what they were doing. He basically said he didn't want any extra help from the yeah. the trash can banging or whatever. And then there's um, the whole controversy about whether he was wearing like a buzzing device or something. Yeah, like, shit I know. got shit got deep. The, yeah. con- the conspiracies got deep, right? But uh, but whether they deserve it or not, they're absolutely going to get it. Get it, it doesn't Philadelphia matter if they tonight. deserve it or not. They're going to get it. The Phillies fans haven't really had a chance to do this, at least not as much as other teams, right? Like the Yankees fans have, yeah. have had more than their fair share of of home games with the Astros in town. And they've already kind of had their opportunity to get those emotions out. Um, you may not like it, but you will accept it. Oh, yeah, I dig it. <laughs> Jesse still doesn't know who I am, by the way. No, I, uh, I mean, you told me, but it doesn't, I, I mean, still it's just does a not name. Register. It doesn't really help he me. He doesn't even know what Slim Jims are. That's a whole other thing. But uh, another man who you shouldn't question uh, – his name, uh, like like Framber Valdez, whose name you should question, uh, is Pat Hoberg. Can we give it up? Put some respect on Put his name. Put some respect on Pat Hoberg's name. Uh, first of all, when the World Series crew was announced, there was this quiet approval from everybody in the baseball community because for once, they had got. it seemed like they got it right. They got the guys with the highest accuracy rate in the World Series to call the World Series, as it should be, right? It's, I, I imagine, I don't know the way pay is structured for umpires, but I imagine that there is a considerable bonus for being on the umpire crew, and I don't think it should have anything to do with seniority. I think it absolutely should have yeah. to do with your performance and how your performance has been over the course of the, the season. And in this case, this man, Pat Hoberg, had what they call a perfect game for an umpire in game two of the World Series. A perfect game in the World Series. The man called every ball and strike a hundred percent accurately. It's incredible. Give it up. Yeah. Like that's not that. Like I don't. Th- I don't think anybody expects that actually out of an umpire. Like we all know that no. their job is I difficult. Mean, on, we know on the one hand, you want to say like, "Oh, he's just doing his job," right? Like, doing "Oh, he just job. didn't like screw yeah. anything up." But that's right. not how umpiring right. works. Like right. it is a very, very difficult job, and there's a reason that uh, umpire scorecards, that Twitter account that everyone is obsessed with now, um, especially Derek. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love it so much. 
there's a reason that they haven't had a this is the first perfect scorecard that they've had uh since 2015 you can see it on your screen here um 100 percent, derek 100%. look at that look at that uh it's, the wild. Only, it's 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 amazing and i mean again like we said you don't really expect that uh out of a, an umpire because their their job is difficult and they don't have a little box that we have up on the screen which by yeah. the way have you noticed the world series box is very light and very i am like, not it no. doesn't uh i don't know what i think this might be on fox but it doesn't have like the little individual zones it's just one big you know strike zone right so it doesn't have like some of the other ones and it's very like transparent on screen so it's like they're almost they're trying to hide it a little bit <laughs> i mean i think they just don't want it to be as big of a like controversial thing sure. when you're sitting there watching it on screen and like again the way that you know one thing or another is uh is you know is is accurate you know it's it's hard to say and sometimes on screen you're not seeing the way it breaks and comes over the plate you know sometimes that top shot reveals that the umpire uh is correct but Again, shout out to Hope. We don't want to. We don't want to praise umpires on this show ever. That's not. That's not <laughs> our thing. But credit where credit is due. Buck Showalter apparently had some very kind things to say about Pat Hoberg earlier this year in a game. This is a tweet from Jason Benetti, who's like a broadcaster for Fox. Um, I thought this was fascinating. He said before our Mets Marlins game on Peacock in June. One of the first things that Buck Showalter said to our crew with genuine eagerness was that he was so excited to watch the plate umpire work. He'd heard so much about his accuracy. That umpire was Pat Hober. Pat Hober. Way back in June. <laughs> Give it up for Should Pat Should have Hober. seen this coming. <laughs> also, yes, I have seen that article, uh, Michael. Uh, he said, did you guys see the New York Times? Is this a baller strike article? Uh, Michael says he got all but one. Oh, they have like a quiz. See this? No, yeah, I it, it's it's incredible. It like simulates pitches coming in. Like you have like an umpire's perspective. It simulates a pitch coming in, and you have to decide whether it's a ball or a strike. Um, and it, it's honestly kind of addicting. Um, That's awesome. I gotta but, check that out. Uh, Michael in the comments said Bob Brenly is going to come for you if you keep praising umpires too much. Listen, uh, I will send the fine folks to Chicago after Bob Brenly for what he said about the Chicago hot dog. So <laughs> he doesn't want to play those games with me. I have friends from Chicago. Uh, anyway, if you haven't done so already, make sure to sign up for a membership over at gophnx.com. That way you don't miss anything beer here has to write. Yes. Uh, beer is a great writer uh, and <laughs> even a better friend to hang out with like I am right here. I got two beers. It's my, my pen name. I'm double fisting. Point forward. Look at this beer. Uh, but of course, uh, if you haven't gotten yourself a membership, get yourself an annual membership. You'll get a free t-shirt from the PHNX locker like our good boy Cody back there is not dressed up like he should be on Halloween. Uh, but any shirt you want from the phnxlocker.com. You also get members-only discounts over at the phnxlocker.com, regardless if you have an annual or a month-to-month membership. If you get a month-to-month membership, you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. You also get access to our members-only Discord and members-only discount, or excuse me, invitations uh, to some of our wonderful, wonderful events. Uh, and if you're watching us right now on Halloween on the YouTube channel, we thank you guys so much for being here. Make sure to subscribe to the GoPHNX uh, YouTube channel. Uh, sign up for notifications. Hit that like button. All that stuff. And also, uh, make sure if you're listening on the audio podcasting app of your choice to subscribe to us there uh, and leave us a review. We appreciate you so much for it. Uh, Chirsten Susel's dog, Newman, is here. And he's dressed up as a shark. And I, I want to get him in here. Uh, so bad because as you guys know on this show every week is shark week every day is earth day uh, but i'm afraid he's gonna bark at me in this get up so i'm gonna leave him out there he doesn't look like he's he looks like he's still acclimating himself but of course uh you know that stuff and of course you know every monday whether it's halloween or not we go to the mailbag let's go Pop the box. 
Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow, my mailbox. All right. First question, Leah, what do we got in the mailbag today? Uh, from friend of the show, Daryl Johnson and Quizmaster Extraordinaire, uh, he asks, given our current talent and coming glut of young pitchers, how likely do you think it is that Torrey converts a few of them to the bullpen? This is a great question mm. and something that we've talked about quite a bit when it comes to where we might see or how, how we might see the bullpen, bullpen improve next season. So. Uh, Jesse, I'll throw it up to you. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, this is something that uh, Mike Hazen was asked in uh, some sort of version of this, essentially. Uh, he was asked during the final uh, media availability at the end of the season. And uh, it's a really good it's a really good question. The Diamondbacks in the past under Mike Hazen have kind of had a reputation of being hesitant to move guys from being starters to relievers. There's yeah. a Pretty good case to be made that a guy like Luke Weaver could have really had some value for the Diamondbacks if he'd been moved into a bullpen role earlier in his career. I know uh, he didn't necessarily pan out in that role this past season, but yeah. I think there's always been some potential there. Um, but it's something the D-backs haven't really wanted to do in the past. They've tried to ride it out with uh, some of these young starters as much as they possibly could. And in some cases it worked and in, in some cases not so much, right? Um, so I do think it's something the D-backs will consider moving forward. It doesn't sound like Mike Hazen is about to, you know, take all of these young starters and throw them in the bullpen. I, sure. I don't think you're going to. I think they they want them to be starters. That's still the the ultimate goal. Um, but I do think there's maybe an increased openness moving forward that Mike Hazen might be more willing to entertain some of those moves, especially given that. With all the young starters the D-backs have, there's just they might run out of room, right? They're just yep. not going to have the space yep. for all of these guys in the rotation, and that might be the best way to get them those opportunities. Does it constitute a failure? I mean, at times, does it feel like that when a guy that's a starting pitcher now has to be a relief pitcher? Yeah. I, I almost feel like that might be part of it because everybody has this potential to be a starting pitcher, which is great. But like you said, there is something to be said about the value of being a dominant reliever that can come in sure. for two to three innings, uh, especially that that amount of time for this team, because they've had, you know, they've struggled to find someone that can just come in and give them one inning of work where it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty, uh, you know, stress free and whatnot. Right. So, yeah, uh, but it, I, I think that might impact it or that might be part of the thinking sometimes, even uh, even from both sides, like from a career side for a player, as well as from the organization that it's a, almost like a bit of a demotion to make a starting pitcher a reliever. Yeah. But when the Diamondbacks right now are in such critical need of it, these guys can, you know, help the team win. And really, at the end of the day, that's what it should be about. Pitchers need to have a different attitude about this. I'm going to say that right now. I'm going to do it because I'm in my macho man get up <laughs> and I can do it guilt free myself here. Uh, <laughs> Pitchers look, are totally going to take you seriously look, right look, now. <laughs> look, uh, are you getting paid any more or less to be a starting reliever or a start, you know, starter or a reliever? Maybe I mean, in the future. Yeah, in the future. In the future, yeah. but not now. Not now. Well, so you're I being mean, asked to do less work. Like in the arbitration process, uh, though. Okay. In well, the arbitration but, process, but you're definitely going to you make less. Can you imagine if you have a solid ERA and you're one of the best relievers in the league, True. how much more valuable valuable you would be than being a yeah. fourth uh, man in the rotation that I mean, has if, a if the choice plus is, five ERA? If the choice is between being like a starter who can't, really stick in the majors in that role and being a reliever who can actually stick in the major leagues, Dig then it. yeah, then from that standpoint. He's on board now. Oh my gosh. I got him on. <laughs> yeah, 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 All right. What else we got, Leah? 
Next question comes from our man Brett. Uh, Brett had another ma- – he got a couple of mailbag questions in the day. So another mailbag question on top of the ones from last week. Since they're going to be fast uh, approaching, what do you think the D-backs do at the winter meetings? Be aggressive with trades and see a lot of moves. Stay away from trades but maybe have half decently large signings. Bullpen, I think hopefully. he means one or, one one or, or two. two. <laughs> oh, yeah. That makes sense. Half Not of half. a decently half. large yeah, signing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One or two. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I can't really see in these sunglasses. Uh, sit tight and basically do nothing other than small one-year veteran minor league signings. Mm. Uh, that one, that one's rough, Brett, because unfortunately I feel like number three is what I'm leaning towards. I don't feel like we're going to see them make any drastic moves right now. But yeah, that's kind of where I feel like they're at. I think personally that they are confident with their young guys and the talent they have in staff. I think that's why we saw them, you know, be kind of conservative on their moves last season. And I think they'll still trend in that direction this year. Yeah, they they might do something kind of crazy, but I don't I don't see it being something where they're going to spend a tremendous amount of money long term. Uh, If anything, it might be something crazy on like a short term deal where they pay somebody a considerable amount to come in for a year or two at the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily see that as particularly possible either. I don't know if there's really that much room in the payroll for, for this year. There's plenty of um, room in the payroll, Jesse. You know that. I mean, yeah, they're basically, we talked about it the other day. They're basically already committed to the same amount of money as they were last year. So it's just a question of how much money are you willing to add to that? Um, I think the truth sort of lies in the middle here on on this, I, I don't think the D-backs are going to come back next year and just bring back the same group. Uh, one of the reasons I think that is that, frankly, Zach Gallen has three years left and the Diamondbacks will probably try to pursue some sort of extension. I think we've all talked about our doubts of, of that coming to fruition in right. the long term. Right. And if you if you are in that spot, if you knowingly have Zach Gallen for three more years, um, you're going to you're not going to try to just, you know, come back next year and bring back the same team and expect to make the playoffs. Like you're probably going to have some motivation to make some moves. So I do think the diamondbacks will make some moves this off season. They're the needs that we've talked about. Uh, they're going to do some things in the bullpen. You can count on that. Um, they're probably going to try to find a right-handed bat if they can. I don't think they're going to be too aggressive. They're going to look for a starting pitcher. Um, those are probably the main things that we're looking at. And I think they'll probably fill most of those things. Uh, whether that, you know, whether it's splashy, whether it's anything too exciting, probably not. Uh, but their needs that I do think the Diamondbacks will find a way to fill. Well said. All right, Leah, what else we got? Uh, Gabriel, that troublemaker on Twitter <laughs> at Bold as Bronze asks, what's a weird ta- hidden talent that you possess? Boy, I, you might be asking the wrong two guys for that. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, My only talent is watching and talking about baseball. Geesh, I don't, I'm not really good at anything geesh. else. So. Really? You don't play an instrument or anything no, like that? No, no. No, I'm kidding, Derek. Come I on. have many hidden talents. He has many um, hidden talents. Did you hear that? The confidence. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I play the piano. I play the piano. Yeah. Um, I, I played for, I started when I was like nine or ten, something like that. So uh, you know, I played some some Mozart and Chopin and That's pretty Beethoven in my day. Nice. Um, I also could beat anyone in ping pong. I feel fairly confident what about that. Did he just say? Um, Saul, I've seen videos <laughs> of Saul playing, <laughs> and I have some say? I have some doubts anybody. about Saul. Oh my God! Anybody? Just you about anybody. Anybody? I bet I could beat pretty just much about. everybody in this office. So wow, which is why I'm advocating for us to get a ping pong table in the office. But yeah. apparently, I'm told. Yeah. 
the foosball table takes priority for some reason. We had a whole conversation about this. We were we were thinking we were leading in the in the direction of the Miami uh, Dolphins, right? Where they asked Miami Dolphins head coach about the taking the the ping pong table out of the locker room, and and the coach said it was you know a way for the veterans to like get everybody focused on game day and such. And when they asked Tyreek Hill, he said, nah, we're just having a customized, it was bent and we're having a brand new customized one made is what it is. That's Jesse over here. He's like, nah, we need to break this foosball table so that we can get our customized. Who likes foosball? PHNX. I adore foosball. Really? I love foosball. I just yeah. think foosball, foosball like you play foosball when you're like between 10 and 12 years old. What? And then it just kind of loses what? its. It loses its luster the, after that. The insane words coming out of your mouth during this question. <laughs> Maybe I was has just not very wild. good at it between the ages of ten and twelve, and I that's guess. why I lost patience for the game. Yes, Maybe that's, that's really what happened. On it. What um, about you? Do you have any? You have any other any other talents you'd like to tell uh, us about? There? I don't know if this counts, but technically, I am still to this day the youngest disc jockey in ninety-nine point nine KEZ history. Really? Yes. Okay. I, I, I've told this story, I'm sure, before, but I was uh, yes. spinning records for two hours in a nightclub <laughs> at eight years old in 1989. <laughs> and then they awarded me the uh, youngest DJ award. Uh, or they, gave, they actually they gave me, you an award? They gave me a, a, a pin to wear that was engraved. They had been planning this shit for weeks, Jesse. This was not like an impromptu thing that they just did this night. They had like a certificate made up for me. It's because I had been poking my head in the DJ booth for... For like a year, you know what I mean? <laughs> I had to. My initials are DJ. That's what my parents called me. It was like, it was fate. It was going to be that way. Uh, other than that, I can flick a bottle cap very far with my fingers going like that. And really? Yeah, fairly, fairly accurate. <laughs> so, uh, that's what me and my friends used to, that and coins, at each, shoot them at each other. Uh, but that's, is that, is that all? do we have any more for section one of question? All right, does, well, does, Leah, does Leah have any any hidden talents? Yeah, what are your about? hidden talents? Um, I can like roll my tongue you know how people some people can roll their tongues yeah. and others can't so i can do that i can make a clover with my tongue i can like fold my tongue in half on itself <laughs> those are just like weird things these that you are, can do like, and i'm not gonna show anyone because <laughs> yeah, it grosses people don't. out the best. oh that's sean is currently doing yeah. it oh gross yeah that's, i can yeah, do that weird. too yeah that's weird yeah y'all have weird talents we were talking about like actual talents do you play an instrument or anything can you do a kickflip on a skateboard no no okay <laughs> i got i got nothing i was just wondering all right. Uh, well, you can find your hidden talents with our friends from OGs. You have no idea what you're good at until <laughs> you take some OGs and uh, try some stuff. But, of course, uh, I'm very good at rhythm uh, video games, and I don't know how because I can't really, really play instruments I well. I could see so, that. But anyway, uh, you, go, go check out OGs. Of course, it's Halloween time. Uh, this is candy only for adults, but this is the best candy that you can provide yourself this Halloween season. Of course, uh, they also launched their sleep edition gummy. So when all the trick-or-treating is done and you want to get yourself a good night's sleep because it's Monday and you got to get up for work tomorrow, uh, get yourself the sleep edition gummy over at OG's. It's a two-to-one THC to CBN ratio, CBN being a compound that helps you not only fall asleep but stay asleep. So check out our friends at OG's. They are Arizona's top-selling gummy. And, of course, you can find them online at OG'sBrands.com or on Instagram at OG's Brands. Uh, also, make sure to check out their wide variety of flavor. They're all about flavoring life and their wide variety of doses and strains that you can find. Uh, check them out at your local dispensary. And again, must be 21 years or older to purchase. Uh, also, we are teaming up with our friends from Four Peaks uh, to host an uh, all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. Uh, enjoy beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances, and so much more. And when we say guest appearances, we literally have members of the Phoenix Rising just showing up and drinking we beers do. with us yeah. at Four Peaks. It's 
It's craziness. And of course, you want to be a part of that down at the H Street Pub. Uh, check out the link in the show notes to register for free. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks variety of beers and enjoy responsibly. If you can't make it down to the Four Peaks H Street Pub, make sure to pick up some Four Peaks at your wherever you get your beers, wherever you get your beers. Uh, of course, we got some more Mailbag Monday questions. It's that time. Leah, what else we got? Uh, again, this one's from Brett, a follow-up. Brett says, uh, but do you have any predictions on who might end up being a breakout prospect for the D-backs this next season? Or maybe a prospect, prospect you see getting a spring invite that balls out and gets some hype built around them. Mm. Mm. I mean, I feel like Brandon Fott's the easy one there, so yeah. I think we could maybe go in a yeah. direction that's not Brandon Fott. What, what do you think? Yeah, if you're looking for hype in spring training, Brandon Fott is going to, I mean, it's definitely the, the main name to watch. Uh, Christopher Torin. Uh, was the uh, just won an award as one of the Diamondbacks uh, organizational players of the year for their minor league system. Uh, he's a shortstop who played in rookie ball, who's 17 years old, uh, but really impressed a lot of people. Um, Josh Barfield said this. Uh, he said he has good control of the strike zone for such a young age. He can really play shortstop too. I would not be surprised if he's able to touch a few different minor league levels next year. So if you're looking for a guy who he started to show up on some prospect lists already, um, it's really hard to to really be that high on those lists when you're 17 years old yeah. and you were like just signed out of uh, Venezuela not no that kidding. long ago. Um, but, Especially when it's anybody in the organization like it's been. Like yeah. even guys like Stone Garrett, who's on the main roster, have been are, are part of the organizational all star. So it's uh, it's definitely uh, uh, difficult to get on there, but it means a lot when you're a young talent like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I think he's a guy that if you're looking for someone next year who could, you know, really make some advancements and kind of raise their stock through the course of the season, I think Torin is a is a good a good name to watch. Also, Blaze Alexander is a shortstop oh, yeah. that yeah, Blaze. people have maybe forgotten about. He's kind of been in the in the farm system for a while. He had a pretty good year in Double A, uh, saw Triple A at the end of the year. So uh, he's an option for the D backs at some point next year. I know they have Nick Ahmed and Geraldo Perdomo lined up, uh, but he's getting close to the majors and. Uh, has a cannon of an arm. Uh, he's a he's a shortstop through and through. Should be able to stick there. The bat is really the question with him. And if he's able to show some good signs offensively in spring training, then um, probably still would would start the year in Reno, but could get a call up at some point during the year. There's an incredible amount of pressure, I think, on some of these guys that are currently in positions that the Diamondbacks have. Someone like Jordan Lawler there, you know, or like outfielders within the organization, right? Yeah. There's pressure on them to perform because as it stands, it's going to be hard for them to break onto the main roster with the youth and and the, I guess, the skill level of the guys who are currently there. But it's not impossible, right? It's it's something that these guys can all kind of know and maybe get that chip on their shoulder a little bit that they have to work that extra hard to try to... You sure. know, compete with their teammates and, and you know, get to that point that they want to get. Uh, a guy I feel that way about is Dominic Fletcher, who we've talked about quite yeah. a bit, who's just an uh, extraordinary guy. But, again, we just talk about where do these guys – where are these guys going to fit in? I mean, he's with the Reno Aces now, and uh, he seems fairly ready, right, like with yeah. a, on a lot of – Both he and Dominic Canzone should get some time in spring training to, you know, show what they can do. They don't – necessarily have an inside track to winning a spot right. but it's it's, it's going to be difficult but yeah the, the thing about it is they both do have the skill to do it i mean he slashed 312 378 864 uh in 2022 and he's really just come on both defensively and offensively as as 
one of the best players in the organization. Uh, I think he that was an 864 OPS, right? 864 OPS. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, not. He didn't slug. He didn't slug. That would be. <laughs> yeah, I don't. If know he why slugged 864, he better make oh, the opening you, day yeah, roster. You minor league <laughs> website, you. But anyway, uh, what else we got, Leah? Uh, if you had to rank scariest D-backs moments, one through five, how would it go? I feel like Archie's line drive to the face is number one. That's our friend Michael Rokiki. Uh, I I am going to take uh, a little – I'm going to say yes to you on that. I think the Archie Bradley uh, comebacker is one of the scariest moments I've ever possibly seen in my life yeah. because I was present for it. And uh, just everything that happened after that – uh, how quickly he came back and his positive attitude about it. The whole thing was surreal. It really was incredible. So I I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to think of something scarier than that when you yeah. literally thought a guy was going to, you know, possibly be altered for the rest of his life based on what you saw happen yeah. in front of you. Which was strange because, like, as you said, he, he came back after not too long, right? It, it didn't wind up being that significant but in terms of his career trajectory he wasn't really the same guy in no, some ways point. like yeah. he was a dominant starting pitcher and you know he, he didn't show it for long uh you know he beat Clayton Kershaw in his first big league start and and this happens and from that point forward he just didn't really look the same I don't know if it kind of rocked his confidence out there on the mound I can't even imagine like psychologically what a moment like that yeah. would would do to yeah. you um, he was a great reliever for the D-backs for a few years. So, you know, it's not like his entire career uh, turned around necessarily, but he wasn't an effective starter from that point forward. Um, and granted, he didn't necessarily have a lot of opportunity to show that he could be either. But um, but yeah, it was just a sad moment for Archie. Yeah. I remember, I mean, he was such a fan favorite. Everyone was getting behind oh, God, him. Yes. The ace yeah. of the future and, and all I mean, of these this things. Was, this and then was pre-beard. Too. It was. <laughs> it was. A, this was when he was just our young stud pitcher that everybody couldn't wait to yeah. come up. And I mean, the Diamondbacks just had a tremendous amount of bad luck when it came to that around that period of time because that was around when Brandon Webb's career unexpectedly ended. Uh, and you know, we we thought Archie was going to be that next guy like that for this organization. Yeah. Uh, my number two scariest D-backs moment is actually trading away Paul Goldschmidt. <laughs> I guess that counts. I mean, like knowing they were going to do it, that was that was frightening. But then you were like, maybe they won't. And then they did. And I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> the nightmare came true. It was it's, a nightmare. Uh, yeah. uh, number three for me, Derek Jeter's walk off home run on Halloween in game four off of young, young Kim and the D-backs that caused him to become Mr. November somehow. Even, even though, though the Diamondbacks it, won the World Series and like even a though few it was days later. on Halloween. Uh, come on. Uh, I get it. It's sent it into November, but uh, the Diamondbacks weren't up three to nothing, right? They were up uh, three or two, one. That was game four. So, yeah, yeah it would have been two, one. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. Stop with all of that. Uh, also, Derek Jeter, vastly overrated. We know that. Everybody knows that. Everybody we don't even need that. to talk about that. <laughs> uh, another scary moment that was an actual scary moment was David Peralta getting hit in the head by a 97 mile per hour fastball by Jose Fernandez. I was also there for that. Mm. And the sound that it made was one of the most disgusting sounds I've ever like actually heard. I like before. I want to ask what you mean by that, but it's, I also it's don't. It's just it's it's like I don't know. Have you ever heard someone fall and like hit their like head on concrete and you could like uh. hear it hit or like a body part on oh no it's just 
it's 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 it, you know someone got hurt immediately, but this was like that times a thousand. It was incredibly awful, and Peralta ended up again being okay, but it was the uh, you know the 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 speed of the fastball and everything like that. Yeah, ninety seven uh, is no joke. What do you got? Any ones? I, I got one more. My last one is watching the D backs parade Baxter's decapitated head around in the <laughs> locker room last season, all Lord of the Flies style. That was. That was pretty horrifying Setting to watch. Setting the curse in motion. I didn't want to go in the clubhouse anymore after that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we were out because of COVID, and I was like, I'm good with that. We'll stay out. I don't want to go in there with these lunatics. <laughs> so you don't have the bird in there. You don't have Randy Johnson hitting the bird. The, it's an awesome moment. It's not a scary moment. Is it scary for the bird? It was scary for the bird. The bird I mean, doesn't know. The, the, bird was, the bird existed, and then it didn't exist. That's how the, the bird, that's what the bird's lifespan was in that moment. I, I just, I mean, that's a life and death thing, Derek. Like, all the injuries you just mentioned, you know, unfortunate. But all those guys bounced back. You know, they recovered. That bird didn't recover, Derek. This is a bull take. That bird, bull take. that bird was never never seen again after that moment. You know, after, so. after you pointed out the bird's dead carcass falling to the ground yeah. uh, that I didn't really see in that Yeah, like video somebody before, had to go up there and scoop up the you carcass. You frame by framed it, uh, like the Zaprooter film, and I didn't appreciate that because now that lives in my brain. So you're right. That is a scary moment. We'll put it on the board. It, it should be on the board somewhere. What else you got? Um, on a more serious note, Steven Souza Jr., uh, this was 2019 in one of those godforsaken oh, exhibition games yeah. that Chase Field, which where somehow, he tore every yeah, where he, where, so this was the, this was the report. He tore his ACL, he <laughs> tore his LCL, he had a partial PCL tear, and he had a posterior lateral capsule tear in his left knee. Yeah, poor guy. His his leg just fell off. Basically, <laughs> basically yeah. <laughs> it was just the two bones sticking together was all that was left. I just Yikes. can't imagine being like the surgeon, like, oh man, we got a we got a lot of we got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, tell me how it is. Well, everything's torn. Yeah. <laughs> you know all the ligaments. Yeah, all the ligaments. Yeah, torn. maybe I should tell you what's not torn yeah. rather than what is. Yikes. Uh, there was also a really scary moment in 2017. Robbie Ray. Uh, there was a hard hit ball right back that just hit him in the head uh, when he was pitching. That was a really scary moment. Um, he had a concussion. He went through the concussion protocols. He wound up not pitching for about a month. Uh, what was remarkable, though, is that when he did come back about a month later, uh, he was like as good as he ever was. Uh, Robbie Ray in the month following that went 5-0 and with a 1.39 ERA uh, and 55 strikeouts in 32 and a third innings. So that's when that's when he became Robert Raymond the third. That is, that is, Raymond, I Esquire, believe when I that believe happened. When we called him, yeah, it's uh, where he stepped his game up, and he no longer deserved to be called Robbie anymore. Yeah, something uh, like that. Some, you know, I mean, that was his best year with yeah. the backs, right? Twenty seventeen. Apparently, was when Robbie's out for revenge is when he's at his best. It seems like, right? I mean, he goes to the Toronto Blue Jays, and he's kind of like you know trying to trying to prove. Then he gets a big himself. contract, and then he's eh, not so much. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's our scariest moments. Leah, what else we got? Uh, if you could pick each other's Halloween costumes, what would you choose? Let's go. We've already established Jesse would make the greatest Ichabod crane. <laughs> I tried Halloween to find history. an Ichabod crane. He really today, did, but I narrowed my. Yeah, it was like pir- I told him pirate hat. I should have just gotten a pirate hat. I should have just gotten a pirate hat. A women's hat. wig. We could tie back and like a, a suit, a peacoat. 
we would be fine. I have um, to admit, I was kind of hoping that you would dress up as the pinata from last year because I, I really gonna, felt I deserved a second chance. To. Yeah, no, but that's the thing is, is you don't get second chances like that in life for someone to hand you a baseball bat and say, hit me. <laughs> and candy will come With out. no specification on how hard to hit me. That was completely up to you and you gently tap me. <laughs> Uh, and that's on you. I would say for you, ironically enough, that a baseball bat would be a great costume. Interesting. Like, I feel like you would be a fun, like, silly, inanimate object that you're just walking around in. Or maybe <laughs> Gumby. I don't know. I'm picturing a couple of I think I'd make a good inanimate object. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, like where your face is just poking through it and the rest of it. It doesn't matter. Sure. It could be a pencil. It could be whatever. It's going to be hilarious because it's you. I think I think it should be you could do something like that and I think it should be a Roosevelt shirt maybe yeah, like yeah. sort of uh, we I think we talked about something similar like a month or two ago uh, I was talking about how for Halloween you could like try to personify one of the throwback Diamondbacks uniforms you know and make it so that like it just takes oh out that was such a great of, idea yeah yeah so yeah. I think that like you could definitely do that. that but, but I think for you, maybe little, you should do it with a Roosevelt shirt. Since okay. You oh, like them. I would just be. Yeah, you would just be a, a Roosevelt, giant Roosevelt shirt. shirt. Yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah, top to bottom. Head to toe. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'm with it. I, I'll talk to my guy Scotty over there. We'll see if we could get something yeah. made <laughs> big enough. They got some extra material laying around. <laughs> Elizabeth says next year we should come as Bert and Ernie, and that's it. Our costume's been decided. There that's, we go. <laughs> we won't come as anything else but Bert and Ernie. I'm putting it in my, in my book. That's what we're doing. Uh, do we have any more Mailbag Monday questions, Leah? Non D-backs related, but any suggestions for some Halloween movies? Wow, this is great! I love. All this. I know is the Toy Story Halloween thing was lame. The the the, the remember okay. that they had like a spooky something or other version of Toy Story yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, that's the only like strictly Halloween movie I've ever watched, and I was very disappointed. What are you talking so. about? You brought up the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Oh, that's true. That's Come true. On. That's true. That's, there's one you could watch. There's All one right. I could watch. Uh, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with this guy sometimes. I really don't. <laughs> I, I'm going to give you a couple that I've watched lately. Uh, uh, but one of my favorite scary movies of all time is uh, cabin in the woods. And it's not even really scary as much as it's just incredibly hilarious and awesome at the end and worth every bit of watching that movie up to that point. Uh, I, I will also say that I very much have enjoyed the stuff on Disney plus lately. I know it's kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, cheesy, campy, <laughs> some of it. Uh, Hocus Pocus 2 was way better than it had any business being, and I don't I don't know why. I was expecting it just to be awful, I think. Maybe that's it. Like I have this thing where if I go into a movie with high expectations, there's no way it can live up to it. Yeah, and if it's I go all about in, the expectations. It really is, it really right? Is. Like That's why I try to avoid, for the most part, spoilers and even long trailers and stuff. Like There's a three-minute trailer for the movie. I'm like, that sounds like... Gonna You're going to tell me the entire plot in that. Yeah. Why would I see that, right? Uh, Elizabeth says everyone sleeps on the Garfield Halloween special. As long as it has the friends from the farm, you know what I'm talking about? When Garfield, the cartoon, they had the guys from the farm, Wade, the duck, and all those guys. He doesn't. I I can't, know, see, I this, is, this is why I talk to you guys about this stuff because <laughs> I don't even need to turn to him and ask him anything about this. Uh, I will say also Werewolf by Night was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. I'm a huge Marvel fans, so there was a lot of fun things in that movie. But uh, yeah, like going back to Hocus Pocus too. That's just it's a solid Halloween movie, and I don't know this stuff gets you in the mood. I like the fact that you can go on there. Hulu had a whole playlist of Halloween movies, and uh, I started watching trailers, and I realized I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. Like I don't want to 
I wasn't ready for like losing sleep. So it's a fine balance of how far mm. am I going to go? I'm not watching Terrifier or Terrifier 2 yeah. or any of these things, right? It's just not going to happen. Uh, it's like me going to Six Flags. My days of riding the big roller coasters, those are over. And me watching the scariest movies uh, is, is not is not great. But uh, mm. uh, I, I will uh, – let me let me see here. Uh, clown, uh, any movie with clowns in it uh, is a great Halloween movie. But Killer Clowns <laughs> from Outer Space from 1988 is one of the most ridiculous horror movies that I love that I've ever seen. And I know a lot of people have seen the Killer Clowns stuff around, but I bet a lot of you haven't actually seen that piece of shit movie. So make sure to watch it. It's hilarious. It's <laughs> great. Uh, and the clowns do kill a lot of people. So uh, spoiler, spoiler. <laughs> uh, is that all we got? All right. Well, Elizabeth also gives us Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Truly incredible. Never seen it. Going to have to go watch it. That's one. I know you mm. haven't seen it. We'll go. I'll make him go watch it, too. Uh, speaking of which, this week, you owe us yeah, a movie Shawshank review. Yeah, Redemption. You owe tomorrow. us a movie review. Yeah. All right. We're doing it tomorrow. So make sure to join us. Uh, we hope you guys have an incredibly wonderful Halloween. But, of course... Before you do that, make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app if you haven't done so already. You got Monday Night Football. I know it's Halloween, but come on, let's get down on the Monday Night Football uh, and also the NBA action. Make some money on the NBA. Bet on the Suns. Bet against the Coyotes. Remember, that's the way that it works. But new customers right now can make any $5 bet on NBA Moneyline Bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Uh, you can also boost your winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays, which I did on the Tennessee Titans uh, game yesterday i knew it was like it was two like rookie quarterbacks going up against each other ha ha ha, ha. under 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 uh <laughs> took that all day long won myself a nice little 150 bucks and you can do that too over the DraftKings sportsbook app remember the more legs you add the more money you win it's this simple download the DraftKings sportsbook app use our promo code of phnx bet that five dollars win that money line bet on the nba Get yourself $200 in free bets instantly. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. Also, big shout out to our friends at More Furniture. If you're looking to make your uh, house less spooky this uh, spooky season, go down to More Furniture or go to their website, morefurniture.com, and get down on their fall sale. Uh, for every $100 you spend, you'll or $1,000 you spend, you'll receive $100 back in credit. So again, make sure to make those purchases. Make your house look beautiful. Get ready for all these wonderful sports that we're all going to be watching from home. Let's be honest. Sports are fun to go watch in person, but it's more fun to watch at home with more furniture when you got your house all hooked up. Jesse, I got some trick-or-treating to do. Okay. I mean, I don't just dress like this just for this show. I have a, <laughs> I have a whole day of events. I'm just getting started. but What time uh, is an appropriate time to start trick-or-treating? It depends on the age of the child. Okay. I feel like if you have older children that you should wait a little bit later okay. because typically when it's still kind of light out, the young ones want to get out. You know, the little guys, the two-year-olds, three-year-olds, those are the ones. Sure. That, those are the ones I like to be home for. And then by, you know, 7 o'clock at night when the teenagers are coming around, uh, my wife's on candy duty at that point. I'm out of there. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's weird because the world's kind of changing. I know that a lot of people don't even, like, do traditional door-to-door trick-or-treating, which oh, man. I totally understand. They but, do in my neighborhood. Oh, they do in my neighborhood, too. <laughs> let me tell you. It's weird because, like, I'm on the edge of the neighborhood and I – uh I don't get a lot of kids because they kind of really? stop before they get to my part. Like I've even realized it in walking the neighborhood and coming to my house. I'm like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't walk. Like there's like seven houses with their lights off in a row. I'm like, this is where I would stop too before I get <laughs> to the good stuff. But here's the trick. Not the – I guess actually this is the treat. Oh. <laughs> I, I give out full-size candy bars. 
Oh. So if you're lucky enough to know where I live, which I'm not telling any of you, <laughs> uh, there is a bounty if you make it through those seven houses with lights off you get to my place. Because I might even give you two with how few of kids I'm coming through. But do you uh, do you decorate? Oh, I decorate, Jesse. Really? Okay. <laughs> I go crazy. I have blow-ups on my roof. Uh, I have the hitchhiking ghost from Disneyland out front. Nice. It's a whole thing. So <laughs> I love Halloween. It's a wonderful time of year. I've always loved it, and I think it's just fun. It's one of those things for me, like I've said before, the more that you put into it, the more excited you get about it, and the more like you just kind of go with it and have fun, the more you're here doing a show dressed as the Macho Man Randy Savage. And, go. and beer. He's beer. But we thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> you really can't tell that this is no, beer you unless can't. you like. like un- unless, there it is. Unless I hold the, the, handle, the handle. Now I'm double fisting it. <laughs> That's how it goes. But happy Halloween to you all. We thank you guys for joining us. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at go. At go. I'm, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. You're at- I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. My blue check mark is going to get taken away any day now. Thanks, Elon. Uh, this guy over here is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at phnx underscore dbacks, but of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you find us. Make sure to find us, follow us, do all that stuff. In the meantime, on behalf of Jesse, myself, Leah, on behalf of Beer and Macho Man Randy Savage, <laughs> we thank you guys so much for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you say, ooh, yeah, while playing it.